0: Psalm 73, as we're standing, I want you to join me, please. And we're going to read verses 1 to 3 and then drop down to verses 23 through 26 from the New Living Translation, 2nd edition. Let's read together. Truly God is good. Come on, out loud. Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping, and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper, despite their wickedness. Yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. His presence is like heaven to me. Come on, give Him glory. Give Him praise, everybody. Don't patty cake. Give Him praise. He is mine forever. He is mine forever. Woo. You receive that today. You receive that strength today. Psalm seventy-three. Everybody say Psalm seventy-three. The psalmist who penned Psalm seventy-three. His name was Asaph. Everybody say Asaph. Asaph was one of David's chief musicians, one of David's chief singers, musicians. Actually, Asaph authored 12 chapters in the book of Psalms. And he starts off Psalm 73 by stating in no uncertain terms that God is good to Israel. God is good to his people to those whose hearts are pure. God is good to Israel, to his covenant people, to those whose hearts are pure. This truth is so obvious, you would think no one would ever question it. However, immediately following in verse 2, Asaph starts off this verse, with these four words, but as for me, these four little words are one of the main reasons the book of Psalms is so loved and cherished. But as for me, truly God is good to Israel and to those whose hearts are pure, but as for me, Asaph is about to get real. And this is why we so connect with the book of Psalms. Because Asaph is about to lay it out. He's about to get real. He's about to get honest. He's about to recall a time when he actually began to wonder if God is good Is God truly good to those whose hearts are pure? He acknowledges that his faith in the truth of that statement began to diminish. And he almost took a temporary tumble. He says, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping. I was almost gone. And then he gives us the reason why. He begins to tell us why his feet were slipping. He says, This all happened because I began to think about how well off the wicked are. I began to allow myself to ponder and to wonder. How well off the wicked are. Lots of money, plenty of pleasures, no troubles. And soon he was wishing that he was like them. And here, I want to just give you a synopsis from verse 3 down to about verse 23. We don't have time to read it all, but let me just give you a Brief synopsis of his reasoning that we take from this chapter. I begin to think about how well off the wicked are, how they always have lots of money. Now, I I think probably all of us in this room, come on, let's get, can we, like Asaph, get real today? In fact, you may be here right now (laughs) struggling with this very thing. Listen up. They always seem to have lots of money, so much much pleasure. No trouble. And so in the following verses, here's just an overview, a synopsis of, of his reasoning, of the reasoning of Asaph. He says in these verses, for the wicked, for those guys, everything seems to be going their way. They don't have as much physical suffering as believers do, as God's covenant people do. This is his reasoning. Their bodies are healthy. Their bodies are sleek. And why not? They can afford the best of everything. They escape many of the troubles and tragedies of decent people. And even if trouble should strike them, they are so heavily insured against every conceivable form of loss that they don't even feel it. No wonder the wicked are so self-confident. Just as their bodies seem to overflow with fatness, so their minds spill over with crooked schemes. They are ever arrogant. They scoff and they curse at those who are under them. Come on, I'm just giving you, I'm pulling out from, from Asaph's, Psalm 73 and what he's dealing with, what he's going through. He says they're, they scoff and they're so arrogant. They're so proud, these wicked ones. And they, they, they curse at those who are under them. They treat their subordinates as if they were dirt. Even God himself. Asaph says, does not escape their meanness. Their speech is punctuated with profanity. They have no problem blaspheming God. They strut around as if to say, here I come, get out of my way. The psalmist goes on to say that most of the ordinary people think, in verse 10, Asaph says, most of the ordinary people think that they're great. Verse 10 says, The ordinary man drinks in all their words. No matter what the godless do, the people find no fault with them. It it kind of sounds like our day, doesn't it? It kind of sounds like the times and the seasons we're living in, doesn't it? And this in turn serves as confirmation. Because the people just drink in their words. The people seem to have no problem with their degree of wickedness. It serves as confirmation to their actions. And the wicked, therefore, feel safe in pursuing their careers of crookedness. And there they are, Asaph says. They're cushioned in luxury and they're getting richer all the time. Verse 7 These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. You ever call somebody a fat cat? Well, you may not have, but you've thought about it. Come on, can we get real? And then in verses 13 and 14, Asaph gets his breath. (laughs) He pauses for just a moment. And he begins to think, what good has it done for me to live a decent, honest, respectable life? It's like we would say today, the hours that I've spent in prayer, the times that I've spent in the Word, the offerings that I've given to the house of God, my actively sharing my faith with others, all I've gotten for it, has been a big dose of suffering and punishment. I mean, Asaph is just just letting it out. And he ends up by saying, I wonder if the life of faith was worth the cost. I wonder if this life of faith is worth the cost. You see, this man, Asaph, is looking back And that's causing him to question what's ahead. You need to hear this. Asaph is looking back and it's causing him to question what's ahead. Where is he going? Will I even make it? Where will I end up? As he's looking back and saying, is it really worth all that I've done and all the investment that I've made and this life I've sought to live? Is it really worth it? At this point, the only thing that's needed for Asaph is a breakthrough. He needs a breakthrough. And the breakthrough was to come. Hallelujah. And Asaph returns to a place of being reassured that regardless of what he might face, regardless of what the wicked might do, in his physical or even in his spiritual health, whatever happens to him, God will always remain the strength of his life and that God was his forever. Come on, what a breakthrough. Today I want to continue ministering on this subject that we began a few weeks ago, breaking through to your destiny. Regardless of what I might face, regardless of what the wicked might do, there remains and abides for me a place of hope, a future. A glorious future. And I know that God will bring me into it. Breaking through to your destiny. How do you know if you need a breakthrough? 2023 is our year of breakthrough. How many of you have already seen God breaking through for you? And so, Come on, hands up. Give testimony right now. You've seen it in so many ways. Yes, come on. Hey, it's not over. We're only half coming up halfway through the year. The year of breakthroughs by the master of breakthrough. How do you know if you need a breakthrough? Well, first, if you're bored, you need a breakthrough. If you're bored, if you have no joy, you need a breakthrough. If you have no peace, you need a breakthrough. If you have no passion for Jesus, you need a breakthrough. How do I know if if I need a breakthrough? Well, if you have no vision for your life, if you have no direction for your life, you need to get a vision for your life. If you don't, the world will give you a vision. Come on, if you have no vision or no passion for your life or for your ministry, you need a breakthrough. If you have no excitement in your spirit, you need a breakthrough if meeting with God's people and serving God's house no longer appeals to you. I'm going to run that one by you one more time. If meeting with God's people and serving God's house no longer appeals to you, you need a breakthrough. If you're not experiencing the abundant life that Jesus died to bring you, You need a breakthrough. How did the breakthrough come for Asaph? How did it come for this man? Listen up. Verse 24. Verse 24. You guide me with your counsel leading me to a glorious destiny. You Guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Herein contains our third nugget, our third truth that we're about to receive today on how to break through to your destiny. First, we learned that to break through To our destiny, we must make a choice not to be distracted. We must make a choice not to be disillusioned. And secondly, we learn that we must make a commitment to trust God and to trust the ways of God, for His ways are higher than ours. He will bring us into the fullness of all that He has laid up in store for us. But it requires a commitment. It has to go past choice. Choice is the great starting point. But we must move from choice to commitment. And now today, you guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Number three, I break through to my destiny by making God's counsel the primary guidance of my life. Not what my friends say on Facebook. But I make God's counsel my primary guidance system for my life. You see, one important way that God communicates His guidance to us is through godly counsel. And this is what brought Asaph back when his feet were almost gone. He he had almost slipped He was in this perplexed state, wondering why are the wicked so prosperous and everything they do seems to, everything they touch seems to turn to gold. It's like he's really going through. He's just opening up. And he said, but your counsel, you guide me with your counsel and you're leading me to a glorious destiny. We break through to our destiny when we make godly counsel the primary guidance for our life. Godly counsel comes to us in a number of ways. First, by the Word of God. The Word of God. God's godly counsel comes to us primarily from the Word of God. This is so important. The Word of God. Secondly, the inner witness of the Holy Spirit or the inner witness of His Spirit. That's how we can determine this counsel, the inner witness of His Spirit. Third, the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit whereby we receive Godly counsel, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and then spiritual authority, delegated spiritual authority. These are the ways in which we receive godly counsel, the word of God, the inner witness of His Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit. This is why you need every day to spend time praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. Spending time in the presence of the Holy Spirit. When you're at a crossroads, when you're dealing with situations, allow the your spirit to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit in this day and hour more than ever before. I'm saying more than ever before. I truly believe that in my 29 years. I believe that in this day and hour more than ever before, we need the help of the Holy Spirit And listen, I believe more than ever before, we must be individuals of the word. We must be people of the word. Come on, you need to somehow put all your books down about the Bible and pick up the Bible. Come on, we need to be individuals of the word of God. Everything, everything comes back to this right here. Listen to me. All of our delegated spiritual authority whom we have set in place to walk in, to care for, and to look after and to help and to serve, they will all go back to this right here. We haven't presented them with any kind of manual to give them all of this information. This is the manual right here. This is what they believe God for. This is why... Come on, they'll fast and pray and they'll seek God to, for His Word to, to be able to help you and to speak into your life, to walk with you in your marriage, to walk with you in your, in your situations and through life, to help counsel you and, and see you go to where God wants you to be. God has a place for you that's greater than where you are right now. And He wants to bring you into those green pastures. We must be individuals of the Word. We must be men and women who are led by the Spirit of God in this day and hour. John chapter 16 and verse 13 says, when the Spirit of truth comes. Come on, that's what we're after, the Spirit of truth. He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. Come on, that's your destiny, the things that are to come. He will glorify me, Jesus said, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. We have to learn to develop a love for reading God's word. We have to. Some of you need to redevelop that love of just reading the word of God. Don't feel like you have to study the word of God. Yes, it's good to study it, but first learn to read it. Learn to fall in love with reading. Come on, reading the Word of God. Get yourself in a place where you have a daily reading program and you're reading the Word of God every day. Come on, this will build your, this will counsel you, husband. In your marriage, this will counsel you, wife, in your, in your relationship. This is what you need right here. Read the Word of God. Develop a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit will guide you into the truth. God guides us with His counsel, and that is often brought to us, as I've already mentioned, through our spiritual authority. Now, our spiritual authority, those that, God has put into our lives. These are people who know the ways of God. These are people who know, they don't know at all, they're still learning we all are. But they have a deep, time-tested and proven walk with God. I want you to hear it because this is so this is so vital. you know, all. Manner of counseling is available. People will run to everywhere seeking a word, seeking counsel. They'll even go to YouTube for a a word, a counsel. Listen, you need a man and woman of God in your life who have been delegated as spiritual authority because they have proven They are people of prayer. They are people that have time-tested their walk with God. And they are here. They've been here many, many, many. Our spiritual authorities in this house have been here years and years and years and years, 20, 15, 20, 30 years. Come on, guys. They understand the heart of God. And if they don't... perhaps fully understand in your situation, they will seek God until they do. They're that committed. And they have the wisdom of God. In general, most of us avoid asking and seeking for godly counsel. It's kind of the last thing on the list. It's like when everything is just paralyzed and ourselves included, we will try to find the man of God. Pastor, is there any way we'll rush to him at the end of the service? Pastor, is there any way I can see you this week? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, Pastor, please, Well, if you'll get up at 5 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday, I'll try to see you. Come on. Because we've avoided. It's the last thing on our list. We need to change that. Come on, we need to maintain a humble heart, a heart that is willing to listen a heart that is willing to receive. Proverbs 11 verse 14 says, When there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Come on, we want to provide for you a safe place. This is what we strive for, is to make certain that you have a safe place that you can come and you feel that safe place. You know that as you open your heart, as Asaph did, as you share your struggles, this will go no further than the spiritual authority that you are dealing with. Come on, this is a safe place. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Receiving right counsel puts us in a place of safety and strength. We draw from the wisdom and the experience and the learning of godly people. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 22 says, without counsel, plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. I thank God for every moment, every opportunity I've had in my life in walking with God of receiving godly counsel, spending hours with my own father, being counseled and the men of God, the presbyters that God has put in my life, a safe place, people that counsel and help me and walk with me. Listen, having a great idea is good. Having the right input from the right kind of people will help me see that idea become a reality or perhaps see it shelved for a season. Whatever the case, having the right input from the right kind of people, will help to see my great idea become a reality or my great idea may need to be shelved for a season. And that can be hard. That can be a challenge. That can be the litmus test, really. Has God really planted me in this family? Has God really put me here Am I really having a heart to learn and to abide by godly counsel? Well, many times it's put to the test because human nature, we want it all right now. And this idea is the greatest idea that we've ever had until we sit down with our pastor. You guys are so quiet. I I see it. You're receiving today. Come on. Do you know what our heart's cry for you is? That you will come to the fullness. The fullness. The scripture says of his fullness have we all received. There's such a place of fullness for you. There's a glorious destiny for you. And we're committed to see that you come to that place that nothing holds you back. That you go further than even us. That you would go higher and that you would be propelled further to do greater things than ever before. That you will exceed and excel by going further than the generation of which you're a part of. Proverbs nineteen twenty says, listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. Come on, that you might be wise in your latter days. No man is an island. No woman is an island. We are a family. We are a people, a continent. We are a body. Many of us struggle to listen to instruction because we have our preconceived notions or we have our prejudices that keep us back from receiving what will really help us. We have our preconceived notions and our prejudices that keep us and hold us back. But if we're going to break through to our destiny, if we really are going to break out and break through to our destiny, we need to lay down our prejudices. We need to lay down our preconceived notions. And we need to go back to the book. And we need to be willing and ready for God by His Holy Spirit to direct our steps. May we be like Asaph. Guys, I want you to listen to the very last passage of Psalm 73. And I want you to see how that passage began. But as for me, verse 1, truly God is good to Israel to those whose hearts are pure, but as for me. And he goes through all of this journey and all of this struggle, but thank God he didn't stay there. He broke through and he finished using those same words Psalm 73, verse 28. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter. And I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. That's destiny. That's a glorious destiny. Give God the glory. Give Him the praise. Because God, by His power, and God by His Spirit brought him to that place through godly counsel of assurance and reassurance that he is mine forever and that he has good things in store I don't care anymore how the wicked prosper as for me (laughs) I know my future is glorious whether I'm strong or whether I'm feeling weakness I know God is mine forever. Pastor, I'm here today and I I need that Word. I'm in a situation right now. I need that inner voice of the Holy Spirit. I need that Word of God to be made so clear to me. Pastor, I'm here today and I, I really want to learn. I really want to grow in my understanding and I want to be open to what the Spirit of God would say to me as as I set my heart to submit to His Word. And I want to agree with you that the way of the Lord is perfect. The way of the Lord is perfect. What does the Lord require of thee but to love justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, thank you. We lay it all at your feet right now. God, we put ourselves in your presence right now and we pray. Oh, Father, that you by your Holy Spirit would bring understanding into every situation, every detail, Father, that is needed right now, every word of wisdom that's needed. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that there would be even in this place a reconnection, my Father a reconnection with spiritual authority. I pray, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus there would be a rising up, my God, and not a departure, not a running away, but a running to that place of safety where, God, we as your delegated authority can stand together with the family of God and through godly counsel, each life coming to their glorious destiny that you have prepared for them. We're honored to serve you in this way, God. And we thank you and we praise you. We give you glory for a bright future in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Glorious, glorious destiny. Glorious destiny. Glorious destiny. You have a glorious destiny ahead of you. Come on, there's places to go that you've never gone. There's people to see that you've never seen. God's going to do things for you. Everybody have an amazing week. Have an incredible week. Go and do things that you've dreamt of doing. Go and believe God for everything in front of you. The Lord bless you and strengthen you.